about your psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Hi everyone, this is Neil Pruitt from Neil Pruitt's Secrets of WCW Nitro. You may have heard this voice before, the New World Order. I was the producer and the voice for the New World Order. You're listening to the Wrestling Basement Podcast. This podcast has not been sanctioned by the New World Order. Hey everyone, this is Guy Evans, author of Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW, and you are listening to the Wrestling Basement Podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Basement Podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network, which you can find on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, show some love and support for the program. I am joined by my guy, Rob Lopez, who is the producer of Count the Things podcast. Uh, he's on Twitter at Roboto R, the, the zero, right? The yeah, zero? R0. R0, yeah, yeah, R0. R0-B-A-T-O. Rob, my man, how you doing? What's good, Randy? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I know we're finally getting to sit down to talk, and I'm happy about it, man. It's good stuff. Listen, man, me and you been going back and forth on text and DM for like a couple of weeks now. Yeah. We had a show last week, and then we didn't. We had a show two weeks ago that we did it, but now we're here. We're live. We're doing this. Um, I'm happy that you are because I heard you're, you know, you told me you're a big Triple H fan. So I, I am. <laughs> before I get to that, the first question that I always um, ask people on this show is um, before I get to that, shout out to my people at Red Bull for the, for the fridge. They, 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 they show some love and support every single time. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Okay, now, Rob, what made you a big-time fan of wrestling? Was it a match? Was it a certain superstar? Was it a live event you went to? That's the first question I asked uh, somebody who comes on brand new. So what made you become a fan of wrestling and why you are still one uh, today? So growing up as a kid, I have, uh, so me, I have a little brother and a little sister. So obviously as the oldest, you beat your siblings up. That's just how it is. I know you have an older <laughs> brother. I'm sure you got beat up a lot as a kid. You know how right. it is. Um, mm-hmm. So with that, naturally, as we, because me and my brother are close in age, we're about like two years apart. So with that, naturally, it, the progression went into my dad putting us both into wrestling, like actual, you know, PB wrestling and stuff. So I remember doing that as a kid. And obviously, naturally, through that, you talk to friends and buddies and like, yo, have you seen this? And then 
you know, it was, it was what I was born in 91. So probably I was about like, maybe like seven, eight years old. So it's like prime attitude era. So for me, I didn't really understand a lot of it, but I liked what was happening. Right. And the one thing that drew me into it, and which is why I'm a triple H fan was DX. Um, mm -hmm. Just, everything, the pomp and circumstance of it all, right? Just the the lights, the, I mean, I'm wearing the DX shirt right now. You can't see it because the green screen, but it's the DX shirt. Um, hey, just everything about DX was great. Yeah, I like, yeah, I mean, right. It's <laughs> like that era of wrestling is just, you know, people say it's the golden era. And I, and I truly think it is because at the time I didn't get it, but what I did understand was the show aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like right. when I was a kid, I didn't really understand, oh, this dude is really technical in the ring. I was just looking at it like, wow, this is fun, you know? So for me, DX was fun, you know, the, the jumping on the tanks, invading WCW. Like I was so WWE in the pocket. I was just, let's go team WWE, screw Goldberg. So for me, DX was, DX was probably the first one that I really hitched my wagon to. Um, right. And it was because of a buddy. It was, a, you know, one of my friends, I don't even remember the kid's name. I just remember like, wrestling as a kid and then naturally watching wrestling you know wwe uh, wwf at the time obviously raw and then eventually i remember the smackdown premiere um you know but dx for me was huge i mean i remember in fourth grade i got suspended from school you can actually ask my mom about this i i got suspended from school because we were it was something like we were waiting for recess or we're waiting for the lunch line or something like that and my teacher said something to me and i did the suck it to her um, and I got suspended. So yeah, so wrestling has been like part of me or part of my story, I guess. I mean, you know, it's a small thing, but like, you know, I, I've, I've been a fan, obviously I fell off in the dark days. We could say like, you know, the 2007 range to like CM Punk. Um, but, for, but yeah, I mean, I, I've loved wrestling ever since. I mean, even as a kid, I didn't get it. So I would have to uh, uh, shout out my buddy, my wrestling buddy when I was a kid for, for telling me to watch it. And listen, man, um, a few things. I, I don't think you were the only kid to get expelled or oh, suspended sure. from school oh. for doing the suck it chant. Not even the suck it. Like, I remember kids in, in lunch were doing, like, people's elbows to each other on the table. Like, real <laughs> quick. It's like, you know, just something real quick. Like, lay down, boom, one, two, three, and then run out of there right. real quick. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I might have gotten in trouble back then. I don't recall, <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Um my again like like i say every show my fandom starts at the late 80s because I'm, I'm older than you um my first pay-per-view that i saw was SummerSlam 89. wow and then the first match the first pay-per-view i'm like yo this is it from now on was wrestlemania 6 with the warrior and hogan mm -hmm. and i'm like there's two good guys i love the warrior the face paint the music the energy I was a somewhat Hogan fan back then. I, be, I became more of a Hollywood Hogan fan than, than the red and yellow uh, Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, man, I, I've just been a fan. Attitude Era was, I don't care what anybody says, that's the best era of all time. Depends on what, you look, depends on what you're looking for. It wasn't but, just one thing either, too. I hate to cut you off. It wasn't just yeah. WWE. It was WCW, too, and ECW. It was nuts. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you had six seven eight million people watching wrestling on a monday night where you got football going on at the same time so nowadays yeah. a lot different social media it's just not not the superstars uh of of yesteryear but um yeah but there was a time i kind of dipped out just like you i think everybody when they get older they kind of dip out they phase out for a little bit sure. i think the time i phased out was uh 
right at the Attitude Era. I think John Cena was like the main guy. He was the world champion going at it with Jericho. Yep. And I, then I'm at work, you know, uh, back back then. And I work with kids and back then. And I keep hearing these kids talk about, you know, John Cena, John Cena, we're the world champion now. And I overheard it. And I'm like, Who, who's the world champion? He said, John Cena. I said, uh, who did he beat? He said, Chris Jericho. I said, oh, I know Jericho. I don't know who John Cena is. Yeah. So me, I check out Raw on a Monday night and SmackDown, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that, that, that's, that's John Cena. Okay. And I got back into it when Edge cashed in on John Cena mm-hmm. at um, New Year's Revolution 06. Right. And then from that point on, it's been strong fan. The last couple of years is in and out, in and out. But um, I, don't think, I don't think the fan will ever go away. You might dip out. You might take a little pause, but somehow you, you kind of just get sucked back in. And whether it's WrestleMania time or whatever, or a certain superstar comes back, I don't think the fan that will ever leave. But sometimes it kind of makes you wonder, like, man, why am I still a fan of this shit? <laughs> Dude, like, right now, I casually watch the pro- the product, right? Like, I'll put it on at the end of the night while I'm cleaning the room or while I'm playing Madden or whatever, and I'll just leave it on. And some right. some stuff I'll be like, oh, but. 95% of the time, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So mm. we sound like old, old dudes now. Like back in my day, this wrestling was great. You know what I mean? The attitude era yeah. is that, you know, it's back in my day status. It's kind of crazy. So um, I am naming this episode. Let me get to it. HBK finally plays the game, right? So this episode will take you from the, the return of Triple H from his injury in um an O one coming back in O two from the quad injury, and we go to WrestleMania twenty, and we kind of talk about the rivalry he had with Shawn Michaels in that two three year time frame. So, you're a big Triple H fan. I know you mentioned DX, but then he goes on a singles tear. He's with China for a couple of years, and he no was definitely yeah <laughs> tear <laughs> China Stephanie. He's the king of kings. He's, he's, he's the COO. He runs NXT. What is it about Triple H that made you, made you become a, a big fan of his? And I know he's, he don't wrestle as much now, but how much of you are a fan of him outside the ring now with what he does with uh, sure. NXT? So the Triple H, I think his story arc is crazy, kind of. If you actually like look at it, starts kind of like an underdog, right? When he was Hunter Hearst Hemsley, you know, this little, the British dude, like nobody cares who, whatever, cool. Then Mm -hmm. he shoots up to astronomical heights with DX. I mean, you can't even argue, like his peak was DX, right? Like the most popular he's ever been was DX. Then he finds a way, then he comes crashing down with a quad tear, literally at the peak of his, I mean, he was tag team with Stone Cold and they were the, you know, undisputed tag team champions. I mean, it was crazy with, with the, um, with the um 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 oh my god what the two man power trip so crashes down comes back to this huge raucous ovation and it honestly anybody listening out there if you haven't seen this O2 return at MSG January seventh you need to stop what you're doing and just put it up on the WWE YouTube and just listen to the crowd right so for me a lot of that arc there early was a lot of it had to do with his intensity. Honestly, it wasn't anything in particular with like, man, his work was great because it is. I mean, it's I mean, you you know what you're getting with a Triple H match. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just getting a standard good match. 
he doesn't really go out there and have stinkers, you know, unless it's just like some two big dudes and they're just like clunking around. But for the most part, I mean, like you, you usually don't get horrible Triple H matches unless something goes screwy and they do something to storyline. But physically, he he can go with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. for me, a lot of it, that was the intensity, right? The, 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 the scowl he has on his face the spit coming off his face, like when he's in the ring and he's um, the spine buster he hits when he pops up and he does that, like the intensity was always on another level with him. You know, the spit, he made spitting water look cool. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) it was just like, he was a cool dude, but he wasn't that, you know, cool jock dude until, you know, evolution came, but he was a cool, he was just like a cool, intense, I'm going to kick your butt. And I'm going to do it looking strong as hell. And I'm going to do it looking undeniably like the best athlete here. Because not only was he doing great stuff in the ring, but he looked insane. I mean, his body was just insane. We were talking about before the show when he came back in 02. I mean, Jesus Christ, the dude had had traps on his traps. Like he was. (laughs) It was always just intensity with him. You know what I mean? Just that scowl, that look that I mean, look right behind me. Walking down to WrestleMania right now with his wife, they're both like crazy on this, but his face is just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that for me was always, no matter if it was face or, or heel, mm-hmm. you know, it was always intensity, was always on 100. So for me, that's what drew me to him. And then getting to see what he was able to do with guys like Shawn Michaels what, later on in his career, obviously, but he was able to do great stuff with The Rock, Stone Cold, like just the amount of times he was put in a main event position and delivered whether that would be him doing the job for Hogan, so to speak, or mm. that him, you know, going out there and doing a, a, a elimination chamber match or, or even him when he got hurt, finishing the match with torn quad, taking the walls of Jericho. Like it was always just intensity for me with him. And now as he progresses into a kind of an executive role a more of a CEO role, more of a, a an important role, it, it still remains there, but in a different aspect, right? Because you hear the way he talks about NXT. You hear the way he talks about the product. He still has that same intensity, but it's on a level of, I want this, I want wrestling to be the best it has ever been. And that Mm -hmm. intensity is just like always been there with him. So that I respect and I appreciate that more than anything. You know, him, his character, what he did, you know, the golden shovel, so to speak, all that stuff. I'm totally up for debate on that, you know, but, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as him and his intensity, his character and who he is always was intensity for me. So with all that being said, is Triple H your number one favorite wrestler of all time? So is he my favorite? Yeah. Is he my favorite? Okay. Probably. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Is he my favorite? Yeah. I would have to say Triple H is probably my favorite, but is he my number one all time in the you know greatest wrestlers of all time? No, I, okay. I, I, I'm willing to give that to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for the simple fact that Ric Flair not only did it in the ring, but he did it on the mic. And it's like, you can't understand, you, you can't, Ric Flair is also a part of like, you can't tell the story of wrestling without Ric Flair. Like you just, you just cannot, you can't, you know, he's a tentpole. He's, he's a flagship. He is, he, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was modern wrestling in that day. Right. I mean, how many guys modeled what Flair did and, and, and were boisterous and outlandish. And, you know, you go from Rick Rude all the way through all these guys were little baby flares. You know what I'm saying? Like they all were boisterous and like out there and looking like Flair. So for me, Flair is always number one. But mm-hmm. I, honestly, I don't even think I have Triple H maybe in my like top 10, honestly, all time, like just performers and, and, and on mic. I just liked them, you know, like it's crazy. Well, you, well, you know what? I. Let, let's be fair now. Sure. Triple H 
Triple H on the microphone. Oh, no, no. Dude, he can cut a promo. He can cut a promo. He's no slouch. But also, too, it's like the thing in basketball, right? When we say, like, LeBron's not the GOAT and people get upset. But it's like, it's okay that he's number two all time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, I have Triple H in that, like, not top 10, but, like, 11, 12, 13. Like, Triple H, Edge, Jericho, that kind of group. You know what I'm saying? Like, those guys that are there hanging out in that, like, you know, very important, very necessary. But are they The Rock? Are they Stone Cold? Are Mm -hmm. they Taker? Are they um hogan are they flair you know what i'm saying no they're just they're just not they just never got there but they're damn close they're like right you know what i'm saying it's right there mm-hmm. and i i think before we we move on i think um if i if i had more time i think right now hunter has a spot in my top 10 sure right now yeah and I don't mind that, you know what I mean? Because for me, I think Hunter's like 11 or 12, you know what I mean? Like, you can talk me out of taking, like, I don't know, whoever's 10 for me. If I, like, map the list out, you can talk me out of switching it, you know what I mean? Um, mm. And that's no slight to him, though, either, you know? It's just, like, I just think a lot of guys, you know, especially in that top five, if you look at it, right? That 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 top five dudes, it's, you know, even Cena up there, you know, it's Cena versus Triple H is, is a nice argument but i just think cena's power his name value all that stuff kind of puts him up above him mm-hmm. um but still it's it's a thing where you could t- talk to me into like hey you know maybe you should put i don't know ricky dragon steamboat lower because he wasn't that good on the mic i was like all right yeah right put him up. you know what i mean so well the ever ongoing debate for triple h as far as i see on twitter and and, and the shit i come up with um he's had multiple theme songs Tuh. We're not counting the DX one. That's that's all time great. That don't count. Uh, my time. Him, Before you finish the question, my time. It's so you my think time. My, so you think my, my time, time is is the best one? My time's the best one. I love my time. I don't, know. dude. I just don't know what it is with him and the and the and the and the, the, the bands he picks. But it's just like it just fits, dude. Every time in my time when he was that was you know his ascension you know what i mean so it kind of just like it's i think my time is the song that they play for this wrestlemania i think it's this i think if my time is this one um but yeah my time is is his best theme song i think all about the game or what the 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 one he had he keeps switching it right he does the king of kings one and all about the game now that one is like his standard one mm-hmm. but the king of kings one i hate that newer one the one he has now is CEO. Behold really? The King, I hate that one. Really? Wow. I hate it. I like that one. I, I don't like it, but... So, so it, if you were ranking them, you have My Time, The Game, and The King of Kings. Yeah. Um, There's the one... Hold on. Yeah, My Time. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would have... Yeah, My Time, All About the Game, King of Kings. Yep. Yeah, so we're not counting his uh his debut British one either, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> up if we do. Uh my time. So my time was done by the guy, the, the people who did DX. Um, then Motorhead did. Uh, time, Motorhead time. did his later, yeah. But the dudes yeah. who did DX, they did my time and the DX theme song. I think that's why I, I like that song too because I like the way that dude's voice sounds for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. I just really like how it sounds. And it's like he's screaming, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like he's like getting really high squeaky and it's just like it's it's not though. It's really intense. So and then the start, the little the 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 boom 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 the that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when right. the lights were flashing that way, I was just like, oh, we're we're doing yep. this. 
We're doing this. <laughs> so for those who are hearing this, uh, are not able to see that Rob in the background has uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon from WrestleMania 2000. I think Hunter was champion walking in. I think he walked out as champion as well. Uh, not a WrestleMania that people tend to really go back and watch a lot uh, because they weren't really a fan of the main event. Um, it gets overshadowed, I think, by the, the 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 ladder match they had earlier that night. Right. And a fatal four way with like if the Rock won the the Rock won the Rumble, and then gets into a fucking fatal four way. So how does that work? So I, I forgot how the storyline went, but I know it was every McMahon in the corner. Yeah, uh, Vince, Shane, Stephanie, and Linda. It was The Rock, Big Show, Mankind, and Hunter. Uh, kind of a weird WrestleMania main event. Stone Cold, I think he was out with an injury. So that's why you have that main event. But still, like, it's a main event that you, if if I say, Rob, if you could change a main event, I think that'll be that'll be one of them. Like rebook it or, re- or change the ending of it? I, th- I think re- rebook it. I think I think it should have been The Rock and Triple H by, by themselves. Yeah, because you still could have done the same storyline without adding Mankind and Big Show. You know what I mean? They just wanted the, the thing is, is that at that time, to your point, I think they just wanted to put as many people stars at the main event as they could. You know, um, Mick Foley's a household name at that point. Big Show's a household name at that point. Like you want to mm. just know it all. You want to you want to completely go with this McMahon Helmsley era thing and kind, kind of write it out. So, yeah, that's when I would change. Um, and, and I agree. Yeah. Triple H rock. I mean, and, and let's keep it kayfabe, I guess you could say for a moment. And like rock deserve that, right? You won the, you know what I'm saying? Like you deserve that one-on-one match. You don't deserve a battle Royale over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's a one-on-one match. Get, give him that match. Sidebar. You do know the story about the rumble 2000, right? No. Oh, maybe I do. And I don't remember. So, okay. The rock, the rock won it, right? The rock yeah. was supposed to win. Um, the camera angle that that shows the rock winning doesn't show his feet so he flips he flips the big show over yeah yeah rock wins but then like if you were facing the rock the rock's feet hit the ground first before wow. big show so big show again i think he still kind of plays around with it i really won the royal rumble and, and stuff like that so obviously they wanted the rock to win it Right, but if you were right in front of the Rock, that first row, you go, "Oh shit, Rock lost." No, you're not. <laughs> so but it's like, an easy story to manipulate in WWE, right? You can be like, "Well, I, that's not possible." Big Show's seven foot twelve. You know, it's not possible. <laughs> he had to touch the ground first. So, Rob. So, before we get into Triple H's return in two thousand two, so at this point in time, the McMahon Helmsley era is pretty much over. I would say. Because of the injury, uh, the two-man power trip is gone. Uh, were you a fan of the McMahon-Helmsley era? I know you're a big Triple H fan, but just him and, and Stephanie on screen taking over. They, Hunter really lost the match. He was always world champion. Were you a sure. fan of, of Hunter um, and, and the whole McMahon-Helmsley era during that time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me was being able to see that this dude can do this by himself, right? Because a lot of time going up to that, it was a lot of just DX, what is he doing DX, what is he doing Sean, what is he doing China? And while still Stephanie is by his side, it's like, it makes more sense because they're married, you know what I'm saying? So like, it makes more sense in that sense. And then also you're throwing him in there with the, again, you're throwing him in there with the top names at the time. 
and you're seeing how this dude is operating, working matches with different people with Foley. I mean, his, his, I mean, you could probably do a whole series of, of Triple H versus McFoley stuff. Um, all the stuff he did with McFoley was great. How he was able to work with a big dude like the Big Show. Um, you know, stuff he did with Jericho. Um, and then later on towards the end when he was able to do stuff with Benoit and Jericho and those guys, like he mm-hmm. was able to kind of show his skill set in a way that was really different than what we're used to. Cause again, we were so used to just him and DX and tag teams and doing funny stuff and all this kind of stuff. And we were like, Oh wait, this dude has a different side. He's not always just, you know, having fun and, and telling fart jokes. You know what I mean? Like this dude is like really locking in. Um, mm. And, and, and it was fun because from a storyline aspect, you were seeing like, while it didn't make sense in a, in a bigger grandiose style at the time, you were just seeing like a family that was running this company falling apart. So you were just seeing who was going to take control. And that stuff was just always interesting to me. at least. But again, you know, in the time frame, I was what, 9, 10, 11. So I'm just sitting there like, you know, right. bright eyed and bushy tailed, just like loving every moment of it. Mm-hmm. So. Hunter does come back from that quad injury that he got in 2001. He comes back in 2002 on Monday Night Raw. I think the first Raw of of the new year. Uh, he comes back. He's ready. He's jacked up. He's um, looking better than ever. And then um, Kurt Angle comes in the ring and they start off their rivalry. And then you kind of fast forward that like, all right, now we're at the Royal Rumble. So obviously sometimes Rob, when these guys come back, you just kind of automatically know, all right, he'll win the Rumble. He'll go to WrestleMania. We've seen it with Hunter. We saw it with Edge. We saw it with Batista, John Cena. If you come back from an injury, you win the Rumble, then you go to WrestleMania. Randy Orton, I think, too, a couple of Randy one, Orton. So, but that, that was a pretty good Rumble. I, I think Stone Cold was in that Rumble. Kane, obviously Jericho. Um, Perfect's Kurt in Angle. that Rumble. That's the Rumble Mr. Perfect came back. Oh, and wow. he was in there for 15 minutes. I'm looking at the the, the thing now. Mr. Perfect came back for that rumble. <laughs> he didn't look bad. I remember now that I'm looking at the, the card. I remember he didn't look bad at all. But, you know, still, to your point, that rumble stacked. Mm-hmm. I think um, Hunter, oh, was it Stone Cold or Kurt Angle was the last one? I think Kurt Angle, right? Um, so the last four, yeah, it was Triple H, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect was the final four and Stone Cold. Mr. Perfect Final Four? I'm looking at it right now. Triple H, Kurt Angle's 29th. Mr. Perfect was 28, and Stone Cold is 27. Triple H eliminated Perfect and Angle at the end. But the final 10, to look at it, here are the names. Or final, let's say the final like five or six. is Triple H, mm-hmm. Mr., uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Angle, right? 29, 28. Stone Cold at 27. 26 is Booker T. 25 is RVD. 24 is Kane. 23rd out was big show like i'm just going in reverse order of their eliminations then right. Farouk at 22 and then you get hurricane at 21 and then test and it's kind of jobby from there but that last 10 right solid i mean who's who i mean even Farouk, right a lot of people underrate ron simmons but i mean he's mm-hmm. a legend legit he's a legend he's he's right. no he's right. no pouch. wow I, I, I forgot mr perfect was final four <laughs> Dude, he looked good. He looked good too. Yeah. And two at that time, I mean, he's he's he wasn't you know um, in his prime right there. Yeah, I mean, he was. It was a year before he died actually, so he was forty three. And crazy. You know, I, I didn't I didn't think they were gonna have Stone Cold win a fourth Rumble either. So that was right. uh, yeah, right. And then um, so Hunter wins the Rumble, and now he gets this um thing with Jericho. 
but now it's Stephanie. It's with Jericho. So right. as a fan, you're watching this. All right, Stephanie was, was with Hunter for so long, and I know they're doing it for on screen. But how do you feel about Stephanie aligning with with, with Jericho in the the rivalry he had with Hunter going into WrestleMania 18? So Jericho at that time, like, let's t- tell the story of Jericho. You know, we can tell the story of Jericho, too, because at that time, Chris Jericho was the undisputed champion, right? Like, it was him. He just beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night, right? Right. At the same time. And he was on top of the world. I mean, and, and this is at a time where he was kind of the first. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but who's the first kind of cruiserweight dude to, to be on that height? At that and, level, and, and, like an undisputed, a dude who was a cruiserweight, you know what I'm saying? He wrestled cruisers mm-hmm. and he was the undisputed world champion. I mean, think about that, you know what I'm saying? So, Chris Jericho is, if, if he's not the first true cruiser to be up there, he's one of the first, right? And and for him to be on that level, it was kind of like at the time, it was a younger dude in Jericho. It was a dude coming back from injury as as popular as he's ever been at the top, at the top, at the top echelon of where he is at physically um, and where he's at storyline wise. I, I, it was a match made in heaven. Um, the Jericho, like, here's the thing about like valets or or, or like managers and everything, managers, whatever you want to call them. They're mm-hmm. used to as a crutch and storylines a lot. And I hate it. But. Triple H and Stephanie, I'll give them credit for this. They were willing to make themselves look either dumb or really bad in order to tell a storyline. So Stephanie looking crazy. I mean, look, Stephanie's a a very well-respected executive right now, but I mean, let's check the tape on her early, (laughs) early 2000s (laughs) stuff. There's a lot of questionable things. Um, right, right. No slight, to, no, no slight to her at all. You know what I'm saying? At that time, she's a performer. You know what I'm saying? She's not. She's not planning on you know potentially running for U.S. senator or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, uh. at the time, it was it was needed, and I think that Jericho and Triple H going at it together and having Stephanie there was an easy way to tell their story. But at the same time, we saw it kind of before in a different way, but with rock and Austin and Deborah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like another, we're involving the the manager again. We're involving the wife again. It's just like, all right, cool. But from a, from a pure wrestling standpoint, those two guys, they always, they always did well together. Yeah. I, I was, um, I didn't mind it cause I knew where they were going. Right. And you kind of had to bolster that that story because obviously what 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 hurts them is that yes they're in the main event yes because hunter won the rumble and it's like you don't re- you don't recall that match as much because they talk about the rock and hogan earlier that that's, night but that's the thing though dude that's it's you know what i'm saying it's rock and hogan that's just like that's one of like you have moments in your life like me as a wrestling fan i'm not i'm sure you have yours but you have moments where you look back even now in our older age. And you're like, I remember watching that. You know what I'm saying? I literally remember watching rock and Hogan do the stare off and look over in the flashing lights. And I remember I was like 11. I remember having chills. I was just like, Holy, what is happening right now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then as the card went on, you're just like, "Eh, you know, cool. This is how we're doing this. I I think most would recall, obviously rock and Hogan. And most, most would recall, I think take and flair was that night too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Taker Flair. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Taker Flair um, was that night and Stone Cold uh, defeated Staccato Hall, too. No, that no. 
I have that no idea cool. why Stone Cold. And I know this, this is sidebar, different different topic for a different day, but it's like Stone Cold and Scott Hall, I love Razor, but it's like there's been a couple times where some guys have come in and Stone Cold never got that nod. Like when Goldberg came in, it wasn't it wasn't Stone Cold, it was The Rock. Right. When um, Hogan came back, it was The Rock and not Stone Cold. It was right. like you kind of, which, which Rock and Hogan is probably top five all-time WrestleMania match. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, damn, like something had to be out there to, to not I have Stone Cold be in that, in that spot. I think to that point, and, and we will get off the sidebar really <laughs> quick, but I think to that point, Stone Cold has talked about that, where he was saying at that time, he was feeling kind of bitter about the whole Hogan deal, NWO kind of taking his limelight at the time, because he was also frustrated about his neck injury at the time type deal. So I think to that point, though, I think there was more behind the scenes stuff that went on right. with that stuff than what 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 actually um played out to end up working. I think a lot of it was a lot of, a lot of ego based. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm correct in that. I think I've seen something where Stone Cold like admitted like, yeah, that time I was really being a jerk and, and now I want it out and you know, X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I mean, WrestleMania, I mean, look, you, you want to see Triple H in the main event there and it's good to see Jericho there too. Cause that helped catapult his, you know, star into a new height. You know what I mean? He's main mm-hmm. event in WrestleMania against the dude who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, he, owns the company you know what i mean like for all intents and purposes it's, it's, it's part of his you know family lineage now with with stephanie so so from a from a purely you know big picture aspect it was a big deal for for jericho and it was also a big deal for triple h to kind of you know cement this th- this 90 day three month comeback tour so to speak and be like yo i'm back you know i'm here wrestlemania we're doing this so did you like that hunter jericho match and 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 if you did, like, do you when when you look back at WrestleMania 18, do you feel like, man, I wish I know they were in a tough spot, but I kind of wish this match was talked about more. It just it was pretty much out, out of their control. It's it's there's some things that you just can't control, dude. That 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 rock and Hogan moment is like seeing a shooting star. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you just you can't top that. You can't cre- recreate that. You can't you know, try to do something with that. It's kind of like Daniel Bryan, right? WrestleMania 30, that whole moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like when, when Brock Lesnar beat Taker, like from that point, when you hit the crescendo in a card, it's really hard to come back. And you know who I feel even worse for more than Triple H and Chris Jericho is, is the triple threat women's match right after that, because that's just, um, that's a, that's a tough scene to come on after that, man. Like just, just a, a, a tough spot to put those women in. I feel more bad yeah. for that than anything else because i mean look that that triple threat match i'm looking at it right now jazz trish stratus and lita they can all go they can go yeah they only got minutes so like i feel bad for that but you know in the grand scheme of the card it was what needed to end the match right you want to put the heavyweight championship match to end it but for all intents and purposes and, and for how we're looking at it i mean the poster is you know triple h and the rock i mean triple h and the rock stone cold stone cold and the rock hogan and the rock is on the poster there so, you go <laughs> it's yeah, finally third time's charm. Um the poster is them. You know what I mean? The poster's not Triple H and Jericho. The poster's not, mm-hmm. you know, Kane and, and, and anybody else or, or Taker and Flair. The poster is Hogan and The Rock. So if you're not on the poster, sorry, you ain't the main event in my eyes. You know what I mean? Which you know, to to, to do a basketball reference, it's you know. like it's like when um it's like Vince Carter dunking in the dunk contest, and then like, all right, up next, Jerry Stackhouse. 
And like, uh, no matter what he did, he could have he could have did the ultimate dunk of all time. It would have right. mattered because everybody would just. By the time you got to that main event, everybody's more like. Everybody's tired, ready to go. We peaked. Tired, yeah, yeah. We are, <laughs> we're we're, at we're good. And I I know. This is a different timeline, but that that's happened twice to Triple H. This one and and twenty five when he fought Randy Orton mm-hmm. in the main event. They had Sean and Taker as you know in in, in between. I'm like, damn, like this twice. But, yeah, and and the know. other thing too before <clears throat> we go on the Triple H Triple H in WrestleMania, I believe he has the most losses in WrestleMania history. I think something like that. He's he's up there. He has like eleven WrestleMania losses. He's like he is he's the most. I can look it up while we're talking about it, but I'm pretty sure Triple H at WrestleMania isn't like. And, and and here's another thing we can talk about too, because obviously in this time, everybody is assuming that Triple H has the golden shovel, right? So to speak, that he's burying everybody. That it's just you know Triple H's time to shine because he's married to the, you know, he's married to, to Stephanie, and it's like a lot of the stuff that he did. I think a lot of it had to do with ego too, right? With Stone Cold and just be like, you know what? I want this. This is mine. You're giving me the opportunity. I'm going to take it. And it's like, it's the great debate of like, if you were in that situation, what would you do? You know what I'm saying? Like if you were Triple H and you had all these opportunities and you were, then they were saying, you know what, dude, you can, you got the book, so to speak, right? You, You can write your own stuff. What would you do? Would you put yourself in, you know what I'm saying? Or would you put yourself at the top? You know? So I don't blame it out. Blame him at all. So after he wins the belt at WrestleMania 18, um, he would drop the belt to Hogan the following month. I think Backlash. Right. Did the job. Which was surprising. So it was like Triple H, win the Rumble, WrestleMania main event. Um, And then, all right, now Hogan's back. And now Hogan's a different Hogan because of the match with The Rock. He's more on, on the good guy side. And then Hogan's the world champion. And then Triple H goes to SmackDown, I think, in a draft lottery. So back then, were you were you upset? Or were you kind of surprised that Hunter dropped the belt to Hogan? I mean, Hogan lost at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? And Triple H won at WrestleMania. So you're telling me the dude who lost at WrestleMania beat the dude who won at WrestleMania? I'm confused yeah. by that. You know what I'm saying? So like, for me at, a, as, at that time as a kid, yeah. I was tight. I was like, yo, he just won the belt. Now it's gone. You know what I'm saying? But looking back retro, you know, hindsight being 2020, you kind of get it right. It's Hogan's last run. You need to give Hogan one last, you know, here's Hogan with the modern day championship. He still could go, I guess, um, survive, right? You could put him out there and and Hogan's going, but it makes sense from a storyline standpoint in this, or not even storyline. It makes sense from a business standpoint because you have to do that last Hogan run. Mm-hmm. And you have to, and and that Hogan run, if I'm not mistaken, led to Lesnar, which in turn led to Brock escalating to another bigger echelon. So, I mean, you know, six degrees of separation, right? You can kind of, you know, Triple H did the job for Hogan, so Hogan could do the job for Brock. And as the time progresses, you know, it's all connected in some way. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was like, I, this doesn't make sense. Why is he doing this? This doesn't make sense at all. He just won the title. Now he's losing it. It's it's unfortunate. <laughs> but then, so, you know, the draft kind of, you know, infused things because for the longest time, we were like, Triple H is a raw dude. And now he's going to SmackDown. It was like, whoa. SmackDown. So, so, so how do you feel about, about, the, about the, the, the draft lottery? Again, this, again, one, <clears throat> they win the war against WCW. They got to create competition within their own talent. Especially the invasion, messed yeah, up the, invasion. which 
in turn, I mean, if you look at it timeline wise, <clears throat> Triple H never gets hurt. We talked about this over text last night. If Triple H never gets hurt in, in, in 01, right? You, you're not forced to end the McMahon-Helmsley feud so fast. And you're not forced to put the invasion storyline so sped up. You know what I'm saying? Like the way they just went and, and started it and just rolled it. Now, I'm not saying Triple H is the cause of the invasion storyline failing. But I'm saying if your top dude at the time or one of the top two or three dudes at the time isn't hurt and he's there how much of that changes, you know what I'm saying? How much of the invasion, how much of the end of McMahon Helmsley ch- changes. Right. So now we get the, the first draft all this time later, like what a year or so later after he gets hurt. And now he's going to a new show and a new show or a new show for him in SmackDown. And then you're seeing all the possibilities over there. Right. You get excited. Cause like SmackDown for the longest time, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it was, it was NXT before NXT, right? It was the show that people watched. If you want to watch real wrestling, you go to SmackDown, right? You got, you got, you got, you know, uh, Eddie and, and, and Benoit and Edge and all those dudes over there in SmackDown, eventually Mysterio, all those guys. So the possibilities at that time were endless. So it's, it was, it was awesome to get that started up, you know? So in hindsight, you think like Hunter getting hurt, not saying it was good, but I'm saying Hunter getting hurt was it, it, there was there was some something beneficial to that where it's like, all right, like you mentioned, if you don't get hurt, two man power trip keeps, you know, they'll continue. Probably McMahon helps. McMahon yeah. helps. They'll continue. Certain main events might have been might not have been the same. Does Hunter win the Rumble the following year? So Probably obviously not. that's the major what if, but it's like I think the path that they went on after the injury, it's like it kind of played itself out perfectly. Right. For him. For Triple yeah. H. I think. <laughs> for him. Triple H, like everything worked great for Triple H after that. But the WWE, I think there was a lot of opportunities missed. I mean, think about it like this. You'd start the invasion and Triple H is healthy. Put Triple H against, I don't know, name anybody. They eventually did, right, with Steiner and Booker T and all these guys, and we'll get to that. But, like, you know, even Kevin Nash. But, you know, at the peak of when it was right there, you you never know what, what could have been advanced or, or slowed down, you know. The, the I mean, injury. listen, man, to be, to be honest, man, that invasion wasn't really what everybody thought it would be. Could they, obviously, the initial one was no NWO, no Flair, no Sting, no Goldberg. right. You were getting these these other undercard kind of guys. I, I think Booker T came later on too. Yeah. So yeah, Hunter wasn't involved in the original angle, but Jericho, it's like right? I think it was huh? just Jericho. I think Jericho was like the biggest name to come over, right? Yeah, the Jericho time, came. First. Jericho came in '99. Then oh, I, Jericho I, came before. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, because yeah. so I the, think the actual I think, invasion. Yeah. So I think I'm, after Jericho was Guerrero, Benoit, Perry Saturn, Malenko. Right. Then the invasion came in, and I was like, oh, "But did Hunter really miss anything? Did he miss a match with Scott Steiner? Like, did he really miss out?" And we eventually got it, and it wasn't that great. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then we, we then we get Hunter and Booker T later on. We do get Hunter and Nash. We do right. get Hunter and Goldberg later on. So they kind of made up for it in hindsight. But um, so, were you a fan of the lottery in general? I, I think now you, you're splitting. Everybody was on every show up to that point. Now, like, oh man, if I, want, if I want to see The Rock, I gotta see him Thursdays, and if I want to see Stone Cold, I, I gotta see him Mondays. Were you a fan? Were you more like, man, this could be cool? But now it's like, now you're splitting the audience up. Like, how are you taking it uh, back then? So, 
you know, again, framing everything as a 12 year old kid or whatever at the time, I liked it just because like it kind of, it gave me a feel of a sport. You know what I'm saying? That's the one part about the draft lottery. You, you like kind of like about it, right? That's a sporty feel. And the one thing I think WWE didn't, hasn't, or never really kind of took advantage of was making the draft lottery feel like a sport, right? Like where are the trade rumors? Where are the draft rumors? You know what I'm saying? Like, K, like kayfabe it up. You know what I'm saying? You have legit people who work for the company. Our, our guy Rosenberg, right? Imagine Rosenberg tweeting out, you know, I'm hearing Raw is interested in like, like let's just frame it today, right? I'm hearing Raw is interested in drafting Riddle, right? For example, mm -hmm. saying just like a root, just like stir the pot a little bit. So I think there was parts where they kind of missed in terms of trying to ramp up some stuff. Like why not do an article? Obviously WWE is just so mainstream at the time. Why not do an entertainment weekly article where, I don't know, Triple H is talking about, man, I really want to go to Raw, blah, 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 this time the third, play it up, you know? So from I that, aspect, yeah, from that aspect, I was a little disappointed, but from the aspect of actually going through and drafting players or, or people and putting them on this show, and then you get to see this dude's drafted first and then this other dude's drafted third, and it's like, oh my God, I wonder what kind of match these two guys would have because I've never seen it before. Um, mm -hmm. So the draft ladder for me was always, always exciting, even now. Even now, I'm just still, I'm still like when, when the draft lottery is announced, I'm like, oh, I got to tune in. I got to watch. I got to watch everything because I got to see how this is going to play out because it just gives you so many different ideas and so many ways you can kind of refresh different things or refresh storylines. Or, you know, if, if, for example, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get drafted to the same, so, same show, if you want to relate it to today, you're like, oh, well we're going to get this again. You know what I mean? Like we're, there's some way they're going to work that in or, or something's going to happen on this side. So I always liked it. And I always internally, I always kind of saw it as like, Oh, the WWE really likes this dude. Cause he was picked third versus this dude who was picked like 25th or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. and the other thing too, they've never really played into like, maybe I'm forgetting it and maybe it was non non-essential or, or like just not good but they've never really played into like the dude was you know mystery relevant right the last pick you know and, and he goes and he wins the intercontinental title type deal like make a storyline off of that i feel like a lot of the times the draft is like here's the draft there was the draft see you guys later yeah you know? or so. they just pop up hey kevin owens is now on smackdown like how how that happened like yeah. There's no trade. There's no contract. Like I get your point. Like they got to make it into a big spectacle. Right. Like, if you're gonna do the draft. Thing, go all the way in. Go you all know? the way in. Exactly. And now they're Have on draft show. Do a pre-show draft. Draft a week ahead show. Like you can do so many. They can make so much content out of this. And they just like they're just like attaching it to the idea of a draft. Anything can happen. It's wacky and zany. You got to watch. You know. And mm. it's like all right, cool, thanks. So. Now we're getting to the, the nitty gritty of this show. And this is why I call it HBK finally plays the game. All right. So this time, obviously, real quick, Hunter, uh, Hunter's on SmackDown. And sometimes he somehow he gets back on Raw. Don't know, I forgot how that happened. So I think it was like, he was like requested to do it or something. I forget. It was something. Stupid. Of course. But he's he's Triple H. And um, the world, the champions at this time. Uh, Hogan was champion. I know he dropped it to somebody, maybe Taker, some shit like that. I know it ain't Hunter, and, and, and it's not Sean. Sean comes back after four years for being on a shelf. The injury at the Rumble '98 with Taker with the casket fucked up back. We never we thought, thought he was done. By the yeah, way, we, Fred, we thought right? he was done. We thought he was done. No, we all thought Shawn Michaels was done. Yeah, the, the same. The same thing that current fans thought Daniel Bryan was done. 
for Edge. And yeah, he, and he, and Edge, he comes back with Sean was like, whoa, like, oh, man. he was kind of the first one too, wasn't he? I, I don't, I don't recall anybody coming back from something like that. I mean, Stone Cold's broken neck, but like yeah. Shawn Michaels was such a different, was such a long, like we thought dude was completely done. And like he was talking, I think interviews he was doing at the time. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Mm. He's but the then there was back. there'll be little you know little things they'll bring it back as commissioner they bring it back right. for this bring it back for that but he wasn't wrestling so now Sean is part of the new NWO like, okay fucking NWO is back again by the way um, what did you feel about that look from Sean the 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 tucked in shirt you know the look the tucked in shirt with the tight jeans yeah. little the hat little the little hat he had and he's bouncing around he has like barrel chested. Yeah, that that's that's not an NWO look. <laughs> that's not, not an NWO. No, that's no. not an NWO. I'm like that sexy boy, Shawn Michaels, right let, there. Let that's the hair out. Hair. Let the shirt out. Be Shawn Michaels. You got this backwards painter's hat, and you got the, the tucked in NWO shirt. You dancing and she's like, oh, I think he's I'm wearing glad, cowboy boots see- too. Wearing jeans like, and cowboy boots. I'm like Sean. I'm glad to see you back. You're one of my top two favorites, but that shit was terrible. <laughs> but he's back. And it's like, okay. And then Hunter is still on SmackDown. Then he goes to Raw and thinking there was going to be this DX reunion. And then, bam, he turns on Sean. And then you begin this rivalry that lasts for maybe two years. Shawn Michaels Michaels and Triple H off and on rivalry for two years. That'll culminate later on, I think, at WrestleMania 20. But it starts in the summer of 2002. And at this point... You're not really thinking Sean's going to come back and fight or wrestle. And then they play up to it. They play up to it. Sean gets hit by a car. Then they you wonder, like, who did it? And then, then this, this magical footage pops up. It shows Hunter. And it's like, yo, I, I, that was me. I did it. Wasn't that Rikishi? Wasn't that how he hired Rikishi to hit him with the car? Wasn't that what that was? Wasn't that what he was? I'm pretty sure he hired Rikishi. I'll look it up while you. Unless Rikishi wasn't that the 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 Rock? Was he didn't Rikishi hit the Rock? Or he maybe he said I did it for you. I did it for, oh, for Stone, Cold. It was Stone Cold. Yeah, I'm conf- I'm confusing people. You're right. Yeah. So long story short, you see Hunter, you see Shaw, and then bam, they have this unsanctioned street fight at SummerSlam 2002, which I would say on record that if it's not top three, top two. SummerSlam 02 is probably the best SummerSlam uh, of all time. SummerSlam 02. Yeah, I mean, that match in particular, though, for me was, I remember, again, I remember where I was watching that match, right? I was in my grandma's house. I was watching the pay-per-view on her TV, and it was a Sunday night. I remember that so vividly because I wanted to see that match so bad because the way they played that up the way they 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 brought sean back the way they did the whole the whole fake reunion um the not the violence in which but like the intensity in which again intensity the intensity in which triple h and sean had like on-screen hatred for each other for me it was like wow this is intense as all hell right and these two guys who were former best friends they wanted to come back together this dude turned on them he said you should go away like the 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 amount of hatred it seemed like they had for each other on screen played out in that match that match was it was was I, 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 
it's like Shawn Michaels didn't lose a step, right? And no. seeing this dude just do kip ups and, and jumping off top and like diving through tables and just bloody and beaten and it's just like, dude, what is happening right now? Where was this guy this whole time? Now he's back and Triple H is is his dance partner. You know what I'm saying? And not looking horrible, but. The thing is, though, to that point, they kind of played in too much of the whole um, let's beat the crap out of each other. Right. So it's like a lot of it is is I understand it from a storytelling standpoint where it's like they're just getting utterly violent with each other and, and just beating the hell out of each other. But like from a match standpoint, it's not, you know, like you said, it's not, you know, flare steamboat. You know what I'm saying? And I think, um, you know, again, this goes back to when Sean you know, was legit hurt and he quote unquote left DX in 98 when Hunter was like, yo, you dropped the ball and it's my turn now. And I, I'm right. taking over DX and a new DX with X-Pac and the outlaws and a sprinkle here and there of showing his commission. Hunter wasn't liking that in certain matches and, and whatnot. So I think this all boils down to like, yo, this has been going on for four years, fam. Right. Like me and you, we were good. We were tight. But at some point in time, like yo, I don't, I don't, I I don't, I don't rock with you no more. And now, now you're back. We can all relate to that too. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you, you can boil it down to just life, life stuff happened, and me and my boy just aren't on the same wavelength anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it happens all the time, which is Mm -hmm. why like that story is so relatable to the point. I mean, you know, sure, is he the commissioner assigning matches for you? You know, is he is he telling you you have to take the the two train today instead of the A? No, but it's like at the same time, it's like you understand, like you can pick up what he's putting down in the sense of like this dude used to be my man's and now he's kind of trying to play me and now he's putting me up on a bunch <laughs> of it's like, yo we gotta throw hands bro we gotta throw hands we gotta throw hands and look sean he he, he looked good great you know I, I don't think he missed a step i didn't even know hunter was in that time frame like yo you, that was short hair sean too, right or was was that before sean no that that, that 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 survived short hair was elimination chamber yeah yeah. So like Hunter was saying, you washed up. It's over. Why you came right. back? I'm gonna kick your ass. And they and went Sean out. Actually wrestled up until that point, right? Like I think he came back. It was just doing like segments, right? I don't think he actually like got in the ring and wrestled. Or am I wrong no. about? It? No, SummerSlam was the first time he wrestled yeah. in four years. Right. And they, I think they they tore the house down. All time SummerSlam classic. I think if you ask people, top five SummerSlam matches, they're gonna put Hunter and Sean in there. Uh, overall pay-per-view card for SummerSlam. They'll put O2 up there. But that 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 unsanctioned street fight, man, it gave you possibility that, all right, this may not be a one-off for Sean. Right. Now what do we do? Do we, do, right. we, do we prolong this? Does Sean become world champion? Does he just do a little, you know, main event of a SummerSlam or Survivor or WrestleMania? He don't got to do Raw, SmackDown. So me as a fan, one, I I love seeing Sean back. You look good. Um, the match was dope. I think the longest match on the card. Yeah. Um, and you have Brock and Brock later on. I think you had a couple other dope matches prior to that. Um, overall, where do you rank Sean and Hunter from SummerSlam 02 as far as SummerSlam is concerned or like an all-time match for you? Mm, that's a good question. I didn't even think about that. Um SummerSlam 02 rocking. I, I I just think that to your point, that card, if you actually look at the card on that, it's a great card, right? So you got Rock and Brock on there. You also have 
uh, RVD versus Benoit, which went mm. like 17 minutes. Edge versus Eddie. Flair versus Jericho. Angle versus Mysterio. Wow. Um, Un-Americans, Christian and Lance Storm versus Brooker T and Goldust. I mean, they can work, right? And then Undertaker mm-hmm. versus Test, whatever it is, what it is. But, you know, nine matches on that card and seven of them have like kind of great competition in it, like some great matchups. Um, right. And they all got a respectable amount of time from nine to, you know, 10, 15. I mean, obviously Triple H went to 27, but the other ones went, you know, nine to 15 minutes or so. Overall, that card, like looking back on it now, wow, right? Like if you look at it and, and you're putting in the time frame of what these dudes were at that time and the fact that you have Edge versus Eddie Guerrero as your fourth match um, after Flair versus Jericho, after Angle versus Mysterio opened the show, um, you're, you're, that's a strong leadoff. I think the New York Mets and the Yankees will be pretty jealous of that leadoff top three right there because, I mean, you, you can't, you're just hitting home runs right there, right? And then you get the Triple H and Shawn Michaels stuff, which was in contrast to the WrestleMania match with that, that Triple H was the main event for in which The Rock was the, the preceding match and kind of killed his shine. Now The Rock's the main event, right? And now Triple H is stealing the show with Shawn Michaels. And now you get the match right after is Brock and Rock. And don't get me wrong, Brock and Rock was, was a good storyline, but it's just like, like we said earlier, you're not, you're not capturing that energy. You're just not because these dudes just tore each other up for half an hour all over this arena and Shawn Michaels came back like he's 25 years old again. Triple H was bumping all over the world, taking hits to the head and doing everything he could to make sure this dude looked good. And it was just, for me, it is a match that I vividly remember. And I think for me in my heart or my heart of hearts in my mind, whatever, this match for me is one of my favorites just because I remember this so clearly, right? I remember, I remember where I was. I remember watching. I remember buying the pay-per-view, you know, I remember sitting there and watching. It was like super late at night too. It was like 11 o'clock, almost midnight. And I'm watching that pay-per-view. So for me, it's, it's a good one to rank it amongst all SummerSlam matches. I mean, I'd have to look at the whole dearth of it, but it's, it's up there. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's up there. I'd say top five. Please tell me. Uh, I mean, no, I, I don't know. The, I don't, oh. I don't know the, the other four. I'm telling <laughs> you, you list, five. I wouldn't have doubted you. As, <laughs> no. as wrestling fans, we all have a list of something weird, right? We all have that one yeah. list of like, this is my top five. Like if I'm thinking like my top five tag teams, you know what I'm saying? Like you Dudley boys, I Christian, you know, I can do that all day, you know? Um, but we all have those lists, but yeah, no, it's, it's, that match is great. I might have just one off the top of my head before we move on. Triple H and the rock. Ladder match, ninety eight. Wow, that was like the first time they they went at it, right? When they were it was the ice one on one with DX at at his height and the Nation at his height. Yeah, pretty sure it's one of the first times, if not the first. But yeah, no, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. I gotta look through SummerSlam, man. SummerSlam, I feel like it's a disrespected pay per view. I feel like people just like think of it as like WWE's like. Hey, under the summer, come hang out with us type stuff. And it's like, no, like there's actually some really good matches on SummerSlam cards. There's actually SummerSlam, SummerSlam needs some respect. So at the SummerSlam, you know, many fans were like, all right, Sean came back. It's over. He, he beat Triple H. That's done. But no. So they eventually bring him back. And I don't know the story in between this, but they go to Survivor Series 02. It's Katie Vick, by the way. Katie Vick is as we don't even have to do it. We can just meet. We can agree. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. We can agree. Just Katie Vick. No, like oh. universally 
No, no, it's not. <laughs> this is what we're talking about too before, right? There's good in this run, which I really liked, and then there's mm-hmm. Katie. Ben, you know what I mean? Right. And like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to the Booker T stuff. Like, so it's it's right. like just no, dude, no. So you get this uh, Survivor Series. Uh, then they debuted this match called the Elimination Chamber. Um, so, which is crazy because this is the first time we're seeing this. It's like um, a, a cage, a, like crazy shit. Type it up. I don't want to mess it up. To sum it up, yeah. To sum it up, so obviously it was on on screen, developed by Eric Bischoff, who was the GM at at the time. Right. I think I think in real life, I think Hunter was the one that that had the original idea to do this match um, at the garden. Again, if you're talking about survivor series, all time cards, this might be it too. So 2002 had a run of back to back kind of joints. Like, yo, what's going on? SummerSlam survivor series, all time card. We'll get to that in a second, but they had the chamber match and you're probably looking at it right now. I'm going to ask you, do you know who were the original six in the match? But you probably know, right? Off the, I mean, off the top of my head, I always know it. Um, but it. it's it's Jericho Kane, Booker T, um, RVD, because he crushed. I think this is the one where he crushed Triple H's throat mm. when he came off the top of the cage. Pretty sure it's this one. Um, oh, wait, I just forgot. Yeah, Shoshan, Triple H, Jericho, Kane, Booker T, RVD. And this not bad, one, not bad, not bad for a first chamber match. Not bad. Not not bad list, right? I mean, this one was forty minutes in time, but you you kind of understand why, right? Because like it's just a lot is going on, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with elimination chamber matches now is that there's just a lot going on, right? You got dudes hiding in pods, and then you have a clock, and then like they're in but they're not, and then like you can't get out of the cage, but you can climb climb on top of a pod and jump off. It's just like there's a lot going on, but like. At the time, obviously, you want to tune in and see what the heck this is because right. Triple H is the king of Hell in a Cell matches, right? For all intents and purposes, right? You can talk about Undertaker. That's fine, Randy Orton. But Triple H is like, he's he's certified in Hell in a Cell matches. And for him to be kind of the grandfather of this match and bring it in, I mean, it still goes on. I mean, it's a, it's a dang, it's its own pay-per-view by now, right? So it's like, it's obviously very important. Um for me, though, I, I just really like the way that they kind of incorporated another way to involve multiple people and not really make it too clunky and then kind of spin it off of something. Right. Because then you got kind of spinned off this into like stuff he was doing with Booker T. Um, and, and, and I didn't hate it. I just think that the one with Kevin, was it the one with Kevin Nash? The next one, I think next year's was better. Mm-hmm. Um if I, if I had to look at it, I'm pretty sure next year's was the next one that they did it. And I think that one's better. The one with Kevin Nash, I really like that one. Um, but overall, the Elimination Chamber in this match, this first one, the way they did, went about it. Yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels winning it, you know, with his uh, little short hair haircut there. Um, that was the short hair Shawn. Um, him winning it, though, I think, like, to, to cement the first one and kind of put a flagpole into this match and kind of solidify it you know in a sense and saying like all right so this is a match that we're gonna want to make special for now until we completely like water it down and do this ecw hardcore elimination chamber thing and ruin it um but until then we're gonna make this match an important match and we're starting it off with Shawn michaels winning the first one you know so i always think elimination chamber is fun just for the simple fact is that this is big burly huge structure 
but I also think sometimes it's just like they rely on it too much to be like, um, you know, this dude's lying in the corner over here. And then like the six dudes are doing this one thing over here. And it's just like a lot of spots, a lot of times, you know what I mean? And, right. and a lot of times you see dudes just like laying around in the corner while there's like six spots going on, you know? So it's just like, it's fun. And I think it's monstrous and, and it's, and it's a great way to um, kind of put six people in a cage that hate each other and, and let's go at it, you know? And there's a lot of cool spots over the years, you know I mean? What was it? Two, three years ago, Kalisto flipped off the top and did that, that was nuts. Like that's insane. Yeah. So there's a lot of good moments in it, but you know, it, it was the first one and we had to get it done type deal. And, it, and it's an, it's a great elimination chamber match in the sense that the names were there. The style of the match was there. It's just that a lot of it is, like I said, a lot of it is just a lot of people just like doing a lot at once. And then like, okay, here's the match. Let's do this. You know? So, so that's your overall take on chamber matches in general, right? Oh yeah. So, so what was your take on this particular chamber match? Oh, well, I mean, this one, I, I, I just think that it's, 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 you needed RVD in there. I think that was so important to put RVD in there. I think you needed to put RVD in a pedestal and same thing with Booker T. I need, I think you need to put those two guys in there just to kind of put their names connected to something there. Right. Because a lot mm -hmm. of people are seeing RVD and Booker T coming from another you know, company and they're not giving them the same respect. Right. So you put them in there with those two guys, um, with triple H Shawn Michaels in particular. Um, and then you also have Kane in there who's solidified and verified in his own right. You got the big man in there mixing it up with all these smaller dudes. Cause uh, Jericho RVD. And I mean, even Sean, you could argue we're all like, you know, cruiserweight dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like they're smaller dudes. They're jumping off the top rope. They're doing all this fun stuff. So Kane kind of needs to be in there for the big guys to set it off. Um, and then Booker T, I think I, I, you needed to have Booker T in there because it was time to put him in a level that was like, all right, we're doing this with this dude, Booker T, and we're going to try to see what we're going to do. Now, the way it played out, though, at the end, right, when it's just Triple H and Sean, you had to, you, you kind of knew it was going that way. You know what I mean? You kind of figured, like, when Sean came out, I think he was the last one or the second to last one. Um, mm -hmm. When he came out, it was time to be like, all right. Let's go. Let's get at it. You like the storyline of Triple H coming in number one, starting the match himself as the champ. Um, and I and I thought for the longest time, too, that's how they were going to do it, where the champ comes in number one, and then the champ has to defend against everybody, which I thought would be kind of um, – I think it would kind of be a great way to pitch the match. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the chamber itself is, is, is cool, but it's like what's the hitch to it that makes it a little bit different than a Hell in a Cell match, just the eliminations. You know what I mean? So right. – um, I think positioning in that sense would have been more fun, you know, long run, long term um, for the match overall. But um, but this one, yeah, I mean, this match is good. Like I said, I think I personally like the one with Kevin Nash. I think it's the one right after this one. I think if I remember my I think so. I think it was uh, oh, I think SummerSlam 03. Yeah. And that might have been the one Goldberg was in. Yeah. So he speared uh, Jericho right through the. Um, yeah, <laughs> that one to me is more memorable in the sense that I mean, right there for for one, you know that that moment. I mean, that's still one of the. I mean, Goldberg spit like the the crack the the the, yeah. the the way it cracked and went right through the plexiglass or whatever. It was just like, whoa, you know. So that one to me was was good. Yeah, I'm looking at the one the next year. I mean, it's basically the same thing, right? It's Triple H, um, Jericho, Shawn Michaels. You're just taking out three guys, putting in Goldberg, Nash, and Orton. So. Mm -hmm. That one was, I think that was my favorite one in 03, but this 02 one, I think it's important. It's essential for multiple reasons. And, and, and it spins off into other things with other storylines. 
Uh, a few things. One, I did forget in this time frame. So you're wondering how is Hunter, the world, ch- a world champion, walking into Survivor Series? So when I think Brock wins the belt, he's now on SmackDown, and now Raw does not have a world title. So Bischoff, knowing that WCW just does not exist no more, says, "Hey, I want to bring back this big gold belt." And it, you know who I think should be world champion? I think I think it's it should be Triple H. So Triple H is awarded the World Heavyweight title. That's why he walks into Survivor Series as world champion. He didn't beat yep. nobody. He just gave it to him. So those who don't know, that's the story. So Hunter goes into Survivor Series world champion. He drops the belt to Shawn Michaels. And now Shawn Michaels is the world champion. First world title for him since 1997 at Survivor Series at the Montreal School Job. So now he's a, four, a, a overall four-time world champion. Um, short hair, Sean Brown pants, cowboy boot, Sean Michaels. And I mean, for the garden, it was a, a definitely a dope moment. I think, like I mentioned before, many regards Survivor Series 02 as the greatest Survivor Series of all time. Yeah. 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 I can debate that all you want later on. Um, overall, great show. We, I think Paul Heyman turned on Brock er, uh, earlier for the big show. I know some other matches going on. But um, different than a regular old school steel cage with the blue the blue things and uh, Hell in a Cell later on. And real quick as a fan, when you saw that chamber for the first time, we were more like, man, listen, like uh, that Hell in a Cell is pretty crazy. But this shit and right here is different. They had that little promo every time that Eric Bischoff, 10, tiers of, 10 tons of steel, 40 yep. yards long. And Eric Bischoff every time screaming that. I remember that that. That, if you can look it up on YouTube right now, where they're doing the Elimination Chamber promo, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing every year. Eric Bischoff screaming, 10 tons of steel, 40 yards wide. It's just like, oh, my God, we get it. But it, it was it was war- warranted because that thing is intimidating. Intimidating. Right. So a month later, Sean drops the belt back to, to, uh, to Hunter at Armageddon with the three stages of hell match, which is pretty good. Those who have not never seen it, go ahead and see it. Um, so Hunter's once again, world champion. This is December of 02 now. So um, if my timeline is correct, he, he, he's going to walk into WrestleMania 19 as, as champion. The evolution stuff happens prior or after WrestleMania 19? It happens before. So it happened according to uh, to timeline here. February 03, he joined, he formed Evolution with Flair, Orton, and Batista. Excuse oh, okay. me, and then Triple H and Flair challenged RVD and Kane for the world tag tag team titles. But it was formed um, in, yeah, February of 03. So basically right before um, that WrestleMania. So I think Evolution will be a, a different show. I, I just wanted to point it out. Yeah. But from a, stamp, from a, a fan standpoint, you see Hunter, you see Ric Flair, you see Batista, young Batista, young Randy Orton. I think at that time, we we wouldn't be standing here saying, hey, man, Evolution is probably a top five stable. Look at all the gold they won. Look at all the accolades that, that, that you know, precede them. Did you ever think that Evolution would be talked about as, as one of the greatest stables of all time? So it's funny, right? In 03, Triple H is at his peak. Flair's back, but it's just like, yeah, you know, Grandpa Flair here. That's cool. That's fun. But 
the thing that I think helped evolution the most was the fact that flair could still go right mm -hmm. the fact that they could still throw flair out there kind of helped validate evolution in a sense right because it wasn't just hunter's group of misfit toys it was nah i'm the champ this is a legend and these two dudes are next right we're not you know these two dudes aren't just a tag team this is a monster in batista this is a legacy act in randy or in a dude who is legit solidified in this game and that's rick flair and i'm triple h you know what i mean so like that's the way and, and i love the way they did evolution in that sense right because it wasn't like no we're just not some fact like let's do the hurt business for now for right now as an example right the hurt right. business is bobby lashley solidified number one mvp the grizzled vet and then you have these other two dudes as tag teams right that wasn't evolution evolution was no on any given night we can do a triple h and orton tag team we can do a batista and flair and take you out you know, or it can be Flair versus you take you out because Flair had a run with the IC title around that time, I believe, right? Like he yeah. was in the in the tag titles too. He was like sixty, <laughs> like he was doing great work, you know. And 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 I think that helped Evolution a lot, kind of become not just another, you know, here's a fearsome foursome. Okay, cool, see you later. And Flair helped that early on because he helped a lot with batista right because we already kind of had a sense with of randy orton because of cowboy bob and and you could see it with randy right this young dude and the story was there you know he's like 21 or whatever at the time it's like this kid is insane he's a young dude but batista kind of older too a lot of people forget like batista joined wwe when he was like 30 already or something right now right like he's like 50 mm. right now like he's he's not a spring chicken i think him and triple h are the same age or i think triple h is younger than him by a year or something like that um so, but Batista's new on the scene. And when you get that flair stamp, this is why I say like flair is so important. Flair gave him that stamp. And it was like, nah, he's solidified. So evolution, like to your point, at that time, we weren't sitting there. We we're like, all right, what is this? There's a bunch of arrogant dudes, whatever. But they yeah. really took the gimmick, right? They really played up that, you know, we're coming out in suits. We're looking debonair. We're looking exquisite. We're looking great. We have our watches. We have the gators. We have the titles. You know, they had at one point they had all the championships. Like it was a legit stable. And I think a lot of that had to do with low key Ric Flair being able to go and being able to actually be able to sell the, the domination and strength of this group. You know what I'm saying? Like, hate to use the phrase but it just hits different when it comes from mcflair versus anybody else and that's no slouch like to do like mvp right who you can kind of mirror the two groups in that sense it's not just hit it's flair dog like it just hits different from mcflair it just does no i agree i think um the way they were presented was rick flair idea just the suits just coming out like we're flashy. The, 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 the 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 um their their intro music with the with the helicopters where they were coming out of limousines and they're you know mm. coming out they have shiny shiny watches and the glasses and it's like yep. for me as a kid obviously i'm rooting for the good guys but i'm like damn these dudes are cool man damn man these dudes look cool <laughs> they do they just look awesome you know right. some about a suit in wrestling i don't know what it is you know mm. some about a suit you come on the suit it's just like different i don't know why so Hunter and Sean go on a small separate path towards WrestleMania 19. Sean gets Chris uh, Jericho, which is an all-time classic match. Uh, they always had matches. Jericho and Sean. And then Triple H gets Booker T at WrestleMania 19 for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the winner of the Rumble was 
Brock? WrestleMania. Um, so is that 03, right? So that means if Brock won the Rumble, he got Kurt Angle for the title. Right? No, it was Brock. Yeah, Brock. Bro- oh, I thought you said The Rock. Yeah, yeah, Brock. No, 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 no. Brock. So There's Brock so was the Rumble. <laughs> yeah, it so was Brock. Brock. That yeah. was when Brock almost, almost did, he did the shooting star and yeah. Oh, yeah. So Brock was the Rumble. He gets Kurt Angle. Right. Booker T. I don't recall what made him be, become the, the the number one contender. I, I don't remember exactly what it, it was. I, I, I think I, I think right I think now. he won a match. I think he won a match in like a fatal four way, some some shit like that. He and he won the match, and he then he'll get Hunter at WrestleMania. That's what that's what I think it was. So right. now you get Hunter and Booker T, and uh, this is um. So when I go on Twitter, I think a year ago, six months ago, and I say, hey, you know, if there's a WrestleMania match, main event or not, that you can change the outcome to. Triple H Booker T was the dominant number one answer. And obviously there's, there's Taker and Brock Lesnar with a with streak. There's a CM Punk Taker. There's Triple H and Sting for the most current matches. But many still feel a certain way about Hunter and Booker T of how it ended. They felt Hunter should have lost. Booker T should have won. There was a lot of racial undertones in the whole storyline. Yeah. And like you said, there's good parts to this, this Hunter run. And there's a couple of bad parts. To, there's to three real bad part. parts of this. This this run, there's three real bad parts. It's Katie Vick. It's this. Mm-hmm. And it's him getting the title out of nowhere. Like just those are the three worst parts. Like just yeah. like what? What? <laughs> Some stuff that just yeah. makes sense. So, like for me, if I if I was to go back and watch every Raw, SmackDown, whatever leading up to that, I would better understand. Like, oh, that was kind of like, ew, yeah, kind of suspect. And it's going live on TV every week. Like everything is all good. And I still, I, I know many people feel a certain way about just the overall story. So, you as a fan, are you more like I don't know what's really going on, or like? Later on, you're like, hey, listen, man, that could have been done a whole lot differently. Yeah, so that storyline is a mess because, like you said, leading up to it, it was just a lot of, um, like, I'm looking at it right now, and it's just like, you know, Triple H calling Booker T a convicted criminal so he can't ever hold the belt. Like, it's just like, it's very aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. It's very aggressive. Like, you, you, that's just a lot of um bad vibes to say the least yeah. like just it's just like it's 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 a very unfortunate way that they booked booker t in that sense of that right. you know he he's a great performer he's a great performer he's great on the mic he knows what he's doing out there he's he's there's no doubt about it that booker t solidified hall of famer legit right at mm. the time though on multiple levels, I can see and understand why Booker T winning the title needed to happen, right? Not only number one was Triple H an insanely um, strong heel, and it's always good to have the good guy come out on top, right? You know, that's a good moment. Booker T beats Triple H, boom, you got your moment, whatever. Not only that, but also in the sense that Booker T, after your failed invasion storyline, you could have made Booker T into something bigger in the sense that at the time he was just doing tag teams of gold dust when he was like, that's, that's really what it came out of. I remember a lot of the Booker T gold dust stuff, which by the way, again, if people are forgetting it, Booker T gold dust, great tag team, very underrated, very, yeah. they both can work. They're both very entertaining, very underrated tag team. 
So you go from that, put him into main event in WrestleMania, and then he's gone, right? For all intents and purposes, Booker T's just, you know, poof, Van Moose. And then, and, then, and then maybe he comes back a little bit later, like King Booker stuff. But like that at that time, you kind of needed to propel him to the top. Because if we're looking at the WrestleMania 19 card, right, if you look at it, um, Triple H defeated Booker T. Shawn Michaels defeated Jericho, right? Lesnar defeated Kurt Angle. So like you're kind of just killing... Matt Hardy beat Rey Mysterio. You're kind of just killing anything. Team, Team Angle beat Benoit and Rhino and the Guerreros. You're kind of just killing anything that had to do with WCW in this one pay-per-view. You're just completely killing it, right? right. Everybody, for the most part, who was connected to WCW lost. So, like, you're just invalidating everything that came over from there. And I think putting the title on a dude like Booker T, especially a dude who already had the title previously, right? I, I think he was mm-hmm. the one who had it last when they ended it, right? When WCW folded, I'm pretty sure he was the one who had it. Yeah. Um, so, the fact that he already had it wasn't like, it's not like you're, you're doing something mysterious. Like, this dude is already solidified. And for somebody to, like, Bischoff, right? Not saying Bischoff had any power of the book, but I'm sure Bischoff had influence, Right. And, and for Bischoff to not be able to cape for Booker T in that sense, when storyline wise, it kind of made the most sense. I think that was a failure on their part. And I think overall, this wasn't a good like the, Booker T and Triple H should have been an all time rivalry. And I and I don't think that we ever got there just because of this and how it started wasn't great. Right. Because you could have told the story from Elimination Chamber. If we want to go rewind it back, right? Because Booker was in that match. You could have told the story there, right? Triple H does something to Booker to get him out, whatever. This, that, and the third. Booker wants his revenge. He beats him on a random Raw for roll-up. All right, now you have something going on here, right? You didn't need to get all crazy with how you're talking to Booker T. And Booker T, for his part, look, the dude, if not anything, he's a professional, right? He's out there. He's doing the job. He's doing what he has to do. But, you know, a lot of that stuff, if you look back on it now, it's very, it's very questionable to say the least. It's very questionable. And for them to go to that extreme for Triple H to have him say the things he did, do the things he did, and then switch it up and just, and not even switch it up. I mean, and just keep the title on him. You know, it's, it's, I understand it, but also at the same time, I don't think it was, um, it would have made, I, I think long-term Triple H would have been fine if he lost it, right? Because you could have easily got it on Booker. Booker could have went about done his thing. Triple H, you could have done the same thing you did with last year with Triple H and Hogan. Could have done it with Booker T and Triple H, right? So you could have just had Booker get the title, do his WrestleMania moment, go to the next pay-per-view. Booker loses it in a fatal four-way or something. Somebody else takes the pin, and there you go. You know, so. I'm trying to see. So at the WrestleMania 19, so Hunter, I'm trying to see. Hold on. Reigns. I'm trying to see who does he lose the belt to? Goldberg. Go. So so Hunter is champion until what? Um, so he was. I'm December? looking at it right. He uh, was forgiven. Yeah, he was. He was champion for 280 days in 2003. Until Unforgiven versus Goldberg, um, that if Goldberg lost, he would have to retire. But yeah. Goldberg won, um, I believe, because it was – I forget exactly how he won. But Goldberg won in that match. And it was a 15-minute match, by the way, which Goldberg, 15-minute match. Um, yeah. I, maybe it's one of the longest of all time. I think we'd have to, like, look at the actual <laughs> – see what it is. But, like, the, the, the match, though, was stipulation heavy, right? I'm looking at it right now. 
Mm-hmm. Triple H, Goldberg. Okay, so the event saw Triple H defend the title against Goldberg, where if Triple H got counted out or disqualified, he would lose. But if Goldberg lost, he would be forced to retire. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we we, we kind of know who's going to win that match, right? But then again, in Triple H form, he would get the the belt like a month later uh, from Goldberg or like the next pay per view, whatever it was, yeah. and Basically. then Hunter. And then he will have the belt onto WrestleMania 20. So to cap off 19, I, I, again, top five WrestleMania of all time. Yeah. Uh, great card, top to bottom. You also had Hogan McMahon on, on the card with that rivalry. Final, um, the last Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. The second one. Yeah. Jericho, Sean, Brock, Angle, Hunter, Booker T. You said Taker was like a, a triple threat match, right? Taker was a two-on-one handicap match. So it was that Taker was versus Big Bully Train. But the, terrible, but, terrible, 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 terrible. <laughs> the card itself um, bad, right? To that point, you also had the Team Angle versus Benoit and Rhino and Los Guerreros. I mean, those guys can go. But I do agree that the main of the, the, the match with Booker and Hunter should have been totally different. Give, put the belt on Booker. Let him rock for a while. Let's see what he can do. Right. Um, it, it, it won't hurt you guys. You know, he was like, you betcha. He was the last one to hold the belt back in the old company. Like just give him the belt. Like I see what happens. But again, that, that's, that's the gift and the curse. We, we love Hunter. Then it's like, damn, like was Hunter really behind not having certain people as, as champion? We just that's don't the, know. That's the big question too. Right. And I think that's what I think that plays into why you're, I mean, if we want to full circle this now, we're coming back around. Um, yeah. I think that goes into why you might be surprised why I think triple H is my favorite because a lot of people frame triple H in the sense of he has the book. Of course, he's going to give himself everything. Why do I, Why would I want to like this guy? And like, I get that. You know what I mean? I get that for sure. I understand this guy's putting himself in the position. But I think if you watch him, he put himself in that position for a reason, right? It's not like he was going out there and not delivering. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going out there and actually putting on solid matches at, at the very least, regardless of what you say about Triple H's match style, whether he's too slow or whether he's too much of a big dude in a small body, whatever you want to say about him, at the end of the day, he's putting out quality matches. That's number one. Number two, the storylines are hit or miss, but we're mm-hmm. getting to a point where a lot of it's kind of helpful in a sense, right? Where, where like to what, what I said earlier, Triple H had to do the job of the Hogan, right? Triple H did the job of the Hogan. You know, Triple H did the job in the Elimination Chamber. He, he lost. I mean, he won it back, but he still lost in the Elimination Chamber to give Sean that big moment. You know what I'm saying? And, at, at MSG, at the first Elimination Chamber. And Triple H still has the most losses in WrestleMania history. I just looked it up. But he still has the really? most losses in WrestleMania history. So it's like... I get where everybody comes from in the sense that's like, how can I like this dude? He's putting himself in the position to win. I understand that, but he still has to execute. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm. that's why for me, not only do I like everything to do with all he did, but like he showed up, he performed, he performed, you know, he, he delivered. Right. So the last part we'll talk about is the fact that Shawn Michaels does get back into the, into the fray with, with, with Hunter. So, Hunter is a world champion. He beats Goldberg. And the Royal Rumble comes up. I think it's for the belt. Hunter and Sean in the last man standing match. There's no winner. So they both get counted out, whatever. There's no winner. All right, boom. Chris Benoit wins the Rumble. So, like, hey, so Benoit's going to be in the main event with Hunter. But Sean never lost, technically lost the match against Hunter at the Rumble. 
So now you have this triple threat match, and we'll end this show with, with talk about WrestleMania 20. You could have the argument that this is the greatest triple threat match ever. There is that argument out there. Hunter Benoit and Shawn Michaels, greatest triple threat match ever. You can ask, you can ask anybody you want. It's going to be up there. Main event for WrestleMania 20. I think this is the culmination of the Shawn Michaels Hunter rivalry. I know that they did, they do a Hell in a Cell after this, the longest Hell in a Cell match after that. But I think this is it for them. Um, what did you make of WrestleMania 20 main event? Shawn Hunter and Benoit. I think I agree with 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 the winner at the time. Then you had seeing, to seeing Hunter tap out was the the weird like whoa like yeah you can lose but you tapping out bro. Another instance again, and I'm not going to be a Triple H shill. A Triple H, if you're listening to this, I really enjoy the work you're doing. <laughs> hey, that's chill. Um, but no, I mean to not be a Triple H shill again. Again, he's taking he's taking the submission on WrestleMania. <laughs> hmm. You know what I mean? Like that for everybody who doesn't like put stuff in, in, in context and frames in that way, that means something, right? That means something that Chris Benoit is making Triple H tap out in the middle of the ring on WrestleMania and in the main event. It means something. It's important, right? Because that it, it, like I tell people this all the time who get into wrestling and, and, and like, for example, for the Royal Rumble, when somebody gets eliminated by another person, I'm like, wow, that's big. And they're like, why? It's just this dude throwing up. I'm like, because this is important for, you know what I'm saying? They set this up for a reason. So this match to me, for obvious reasons, uh, unfortunately, falls down categories because so many people just don't like, obviously, Benoit and, and everything he's involved with. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at it pure match, WrestleMania 20 main event, the what is it, 2447 time frame, that match, great match, right? Chris Benoit is arguably one of the best wrestlers of all time. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I Again, I understand everything to do with Benoit and everything he did, but it's really, you're really hard pressed to show me somebody who's as good, if not better than him in the ring. Like, Chris Benoit is insanely good at everything he did in that wrestling ring. And he's in there first time WrestleMania main stage. His buddy just won the title, right? So you have that natural moment at the end or natural, I guess, maybe not natural, whatever you want to call it. But still, Mm -hmm. you have that moment at the end with these two dudes kind of, you know, part of the invasion storyline, so to speak. Um, You know, WCW dudes winning the biggest titles on this WWE pay-per-view, right? And... For Benoit to do it against Triple H and Shawn Michaels, two dudes who were tent poles of the WWE, like two dudes who were, you know, in direct competition with him and his company back in the late 90s and 2000s, that's important, right? And the match itself, I mean, you, you go back and forth on it because a lot of times it's, it's, can you even watch it on the network? I think you can. Um, I haven't really, yeah, you know, like that's like I haven't looked in the network in a long time, but like a lot of like Benoit's history, which I understand is erased and, 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 and it's tough because like a part of you wants to be like, yeah, this match right here kind of solidified this dude. And he was everything that, you know, he was, he was going up and and everything was there. And I think uh, uh, Triple H has talked about it before. Like, you know, Benoit was ready to go. He was ready to go. He was up. And then, you know, Four under four years later, you know this dude is uh, 
you know, it, it doing horrific acts to say the least. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a tough scene, but like at the time, like I said, it's just in- insane um, how people just can see that match and just not think that these three dudes, right? Th- two of them already solidified in the game, right? If Triple H and Shawn Michaels retired right there after that match, it's you're, you're hard pressed to say they're not, you know, hall of famers um, at that point. Right. And they, their careers continue to go on to this day. I mean, they're still, stumbling in the ring, you know, in Saudi Arabia to this day, but it's still, the point is, is that Benoit was put on a main stage and he delivered and he came through and he put on a hell of a match. He put and delivered the way he knows how by getting in that ring and, and squaring up with two dudes that had this long riding feud. And everybody looked at Benoit as the third part, the third member of the, of the match, just because, you know, all eyes are on Sean and triple H or yeah, Sean and triple H. And now you have this little dude, Benoit joining in. It's like, all right, cool. They're going to beat him up and then they're going to fight each other. But like Benoit pulled it out, man. So I I can't even sit here and say like that match to me was something that I, I, I I would always, it's tough because it's, it's, it's such a good match and like a part of you doesn't want to like the match. You know what I mean? Like as, Mm -hmm. as messed up as that sounds, you just don't want to like the match, but, but you can't help, but, but liking it. It's just so good. Like these two, these three guys, like at the peak of their powers, just going at it, um, it's, it's an all timer. It really is. And, and I really hope, you know, again, I, I I'm sensitive to the fact that, you know, everything that happened with Benoit is really hor- horrible and, and tragic, but mm. at the same time, you know, when he was in that ring, man, that dude is insanely good, insanely good. So three things before I let you go. Um, it is still on the network. That's all. Oh, yeah. Number two. And I know we're taking the other stuff out, pushing it to the side. Sure. Just on just on the match per se. Is is Hunter, Sean, Benoit the greatest triple threat match of all time? Man, I'd have to again, it's another thing where I have to look at the triple threat like lineage <laughs> and see who's there. Um who who are some other ones off the top of your head? I can't even think off the top of my head who are other triple threat matches. I can I can think about like there's there's like bigger matches that I'm thinking about like the the Brock Samoa Joe, um, Braun Strowman that car crash that they had a couple years ago, but that was like a fatal five way or something like that. From wasn't a it? Uh, from a recent standpoint, Brock John Cena Seth Rollins. Okay. From a recent standpoint, I don't know going yeah. back in the day, but that, that's what stands out. Let me. Yeah, I mean, uh, triple threat matches, man. Triple. <laughs> I have to look it up because there's just so many. I mean, you get so many in a random episode of Raw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And right. it's just like they don't. They don't really use triple threat matches as something that like is is super important. All right, here's the top ten list of the best triple threat matches of all time. All right. Um. So yeah, I mean that one is good. So let's go look at it. Seth Rollins and Cena. Seth, Brock, Rollins, and Cena. Okay, that's a good one. Taker, Rock, and Angle in mm. SummerSlam. No, mm. which one is? Yeah, I mean, th- there's just so many good ones here. Orton, but oh yeah, Orton Batista, Daniel Bryan was really good from a storytelling standpoint, right? Um, yeah, that was a an- and, and it's very simple. I mean. You can kind of parallel these two, right? I mean, a, a guy in Chris Benoit, a wrestler's wrestler, a dude who's, you know, down there, very similar submission holds too. Um, 
you could kind of compare those two in a sense, right? I mean, Daniel Bryan, DB had the had the had the voice of the fans behind him, but Benoit, you know, still back there in, in that time, he still had a lot of fans who really messed with him. You know what I mean? And it really were um, pushing for this dude to be on the level that Eddie was already at, right? So Eddie was you know, plateauing into another stratosphere at this time. And and Benoit coming out, you know, a lot of people were clamoring for him to do it too. There's another one. Here's number five, Edge, Jeff Hardy, and Triple H. Triple H is the king of the triple threat match, huh? I guess so. What, what they got number one? What they got number one? It, they have this match number one. I told you. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like this, this match for me though, I, I, the best WrestleMania main event ever. Some people consider it. Wow. Okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Know. That's another one. We have to sit back and actually make a list of it. But that triple threat match is is a very good, very very good one. Um, last triple. one, Rob. Before I let you go, um, with the to to cap off the Hunter and Sean rivalry, so many matches at a Survivor Series, at a SummerSlam, at a Royal Rumble, anywhere else. Are you surprised that when you go back into their history? That Hunter and Sean one on one sounds like a WrestleMania main event. It sounds like a WrestleMania match. Hunter and Sean never had a one on one match at WrestleMania. They could have had this plenty of chances that could that, that could have happened. Are you surprised at the fact that Shawn Michaels and Triple H never had a one on one match at WrestleMania for title or non title? Just in general, they never had a match. Are you surprised right. about that? I'm, I am. I'm, I'm actually like flabbergasted that they don't have one by now. Right. Cause you would have thought, so there's, there's many natural points that you can kind of spin this off of, right? Like you could have spun it off the DX. Like if we want to look in from this point going forward, even for like their next 10, 15 years, there's still times where you can spin off triple H Shawn Michaels one-on-one WrestleMania, right? The DX reunion, you could have spun that off into something. The two, three Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H matches in some way or form that they all had. Um, You could have spun that off into one-on-one WrestleMania. I think right now we're past the point of it mattering. You know what I mean? Like right now, like I don't think Triple H and Shawn going in there and having their one-on-one WrestleMania match is going to hit the same as if it would back in 03, 04, 05, right? Um, I think there was a point in time when they could have used it to kind of elevate the product, especially in that time when like DX was doing like the whole spirit squad stuff. Like that was like, to me, it was like cool, but it's like, you could do so much better with these two dudes. And I wonder why they never did it. I wonder if it's just them saying no, or if maybe they tried to do it a couple times and, you know, factors stopped it. Right. Because they have, such a nice history together, both as a tag team or as a partnership and in the ring together in some way, shape or form, no matter what kind of match you're talking about. You know, we just went through all of them. Three stages of hell, last man standing, um, elimination chamber, uh, the street fight. I mean, they've had one-on-one, like they've hell never, hell. True, yeah, hell in a cell. They've never had a true one-on-one WrestleMania match. When you look at Shawn Michaels, and look at the people he's had one-on-ones with, not even involving a title necessarily, right? Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, Taker. Like, he's got in the ring with some of the greatest of greats. Kurt Angle, right? I'm pretty sure Angle and Michaels had a good WrestleMania match too. Mm-hmm. He's got in there with some of the best dudes one-on-one. 
you know, just not even doing any crazy stipulation stuff. So why isn't this one the, there, you know? And I think we're kind of at the point now that it's kind of, and I don't know if you agree, but I think if you get Triple H and Sean this year's WrestleMania, for example, right? Say they do it this Raw coming up and they build it for the next two months. It's not going to be the same, man. It's just not. No. It's just not. No. It never will. You you missed you missed the lightning in the bottle when you had it. And I think, it, like I said, you could have extended it even until like 2013, 14, that range when you could have worked off the Undertaker stuff, right? And still kind of maybe gotten one last, like, what if they did one last, like Sean's retirement match was against Triple H, right? Like, you know, you could have done it like that. And I, I, I think that is, that, if I had three what ifs for Triple H's whole career, I think that is probably number one. Number two to me is how they did really nothing with Goldberg. Like they just kind of just made it so like, evolution is just going to beat the hell out of Goldberg and just like not really do anything mm -hmm. with them. You know what I mean? Um, I know your stuff with Goldberg is limited in the ring, so to speak, but like you could have drawn that out a long time with Goldberg. And I think the third thing for me, like for triple H and, and his whole career, like stuff they missed out on. Um, I just, I just think like they kind of just phased him out of his career kind of weird in the sense that they made him like a singles dude at the end. And he was doing stuff with Cena and punk and like, it was just like this weird singles run he had where he was just kind of like the grandpa, just kind of like, come on, dudes, let's jump in the ring together and have a little right. tussle. And it's like, it's not the same Triple H, but like the storylines they would tell is like kind of like him on his last run, you know? Um, and I think that was a missed opportunity because I think they kind of played into it too much of him being like the grizzled vet taking on these young dudes when in all actuality, you know, he's, he's, just as good, if not better than a lot of those dudes out there, you know? So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, Triple H and Sean, I mean, you, you, back in the prime, I mean, even if they did it right there in WrestleMania 19 or whatever, 20, 21, that's a, that's a, that's a must see, right? That's a, that's a moment, you know? And I think that's one of those things that you can say it's a moment and legit would be a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be a moment. Those two staring down or the last, I mean, Sean has his own moment with flair. I'm sorry. I love you. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine what he could have done with his best friend. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Listen, I don't have any comeback for that. I think you said it properly. I think you said it well. I think it's a match that, you know, they 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 dropped the ball with that. Uh, there's no reason why you couldn't have Sean and and Hunter non-title go one on one. I, we saw Stone Cold and The Rock three times at WrestleMania. Like we yeah. saw Taker and Sean twice. We saw Hunter and Taker three times at WrestleMania one on one. You couldn't get one Shawn Michaels, one Triple H. And like I said, I, I wonder. Like I would love to sit down with one of them and ask them that. Right? I would love like. Got to hit up Rosenberg. Shout out to Rosenberg again. Next time he talks to one of them in an interview or something, he has to ask them that because that is like one question that's just like, when you asked me that earlier, I was like, huh, they never did. You know, it's like something nope. you don't think about and you're just like, damn, that's actually kind of should have been important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? They could have stole the show. I I, I, I know sure. it. Sean in 03, 04, because... Last part, some would say Shawn Michaels' second act is better than the first one, which is which is tough to say because you got DX, you got Heartbreak Kid, you got the Diesel, the Rumbles, the win. Like, but the second act was pretty, pretty fucking crazy because he was taking on everybody and he was win or lose at WrestleMania. He was always the main story, the main focal point, and right. he lasted what eight, 
eight years in in, in Act Two. Yeah, Going I mean, forty-five. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had he had the greatest WrestleMania match of all time in his forties against the dude that was. Well, it depends on which one you're asking about. You're talking about the Flair match or the Angle match or the Jericho match, because like you know, he's wrestling a dude in Flair who's sixty something years old. You know, yeah, and he's I, making. I'm talking movies. about him and Taker. Him and Taker. Twenty-five. Oh, even that, another dude is fifty something years old. You know, exactly. Oh man. Uh, well, hopefully, you know. Somebody will ask Sean and Hunter that question, and maybe we'll get a, a maybe we'll, we'll get a real straight up answer. Not no political. Hey, you know, it just wasn't in the cards and all that bullshit. Right, I want to know the background. I want to know who was mad at this person. I want to exactly. know the dude who's writing the book. They didn't like Sean at the time. I want the beef. I want to know who said no. Right. Exactly. Um, Rob Lopez from Count the Dings podcast. He's on Twitter at Roboto R. Let me take this off. R. The number zero B A T O. I want to thank you, man. Really appreciate this. I know we'll have you more for the basement show for the two out of three fall show coming up. Um, looking forward to having you on some more shows, sure. man. Great stuff going down memory lane. Triple H from 02 to WrestleMania 20 was dope, man. I know you're a big Triple H fan. I know he's doing great stuff at NXT. We'll see how that plays out going forward. Maybe he'll run the company one day. You just never know. Ooh. Um Hey, I, I know I know you can't wait for that, but you got to be patient, brother. You got to be patient now. Yeah, we'll, they still we'll run see. shit around we'll here. See how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Rob Lopez, my man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No problem, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for having All me. Right. Take it easy.